Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello, Arizona. Welcome to Legitimate with Mike and Rochelle Polton, where we share our legitimate perspectives on how to get ahead and stay ahead in law, business, and in life. And today's show is sponsored by XFIRM, a law firm helping people improve their financial lives. And today's topic is network marketing. There are so many different types of marketing. There's social media marketing, pay-per-click, broadcast media, prints. It just goes on and on and on. But today we're going to focus on network marketing and how to be successful at it. And with us, we have an awesome legitimate guest, Tisha Marie Pelletier with Tisha Marie Enterprises, where you can find her online at tishamarieenterprises.com. It is a fabulous website. Thank you for being here, Tisha. And please tell us all about you and your awesomeness. Sure. Thank you, Rochelle and Mike, for having me on and Karen in the background with Phoenix Business Radio X. I'm very excited to be here. Networking is my favorite topic as I have a personal branding to talk about. I love to network. I love networking and we'll get into why that's such a big thing. But let's see, I started in business in 2004. And when you're starting in business, you've got time and you don't have a lot of money. (laughs) So having the time to network and build relationships with people is really, really key in, in building your business. And so I would recommend for people that networking really is for everybody, but there are definitely some right ways and wrong ways to do it as well. So I started a marketing company, had an event management company, and then was also running a mastermind for mom entrepreneurs for several years and fell into kind of the entrepreneurial funk in 2015. (laughs) I was like, what am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? Who am I supposed to serve? And I think a lot of us will go through that of just trying to find our own identity again. And now more recently, I am helping entrepreneurs, especially, especially in the startup space, but really to get out of their own head and make things happen. And I find that's not just startups, that's established businesses too, that might've fallen into a rut of not knowing how to get out of being in the complacency zone. So very much love doing that, helping people with business mentoring and consulting, as well as hosting live events like Social Connect Phoenix, hosting a podcast called Success Over Struggle, writing books, just (laughs) the gamut. (laughs) It's all fun. It's all fun. (laughs) Super busy. But you know, I love everything. And you know what they say, like when you love it, it's like you're not really working. You're just having fun. And it's taken me a while to get to this point. And I can finally say that. (laughs) I think Mike and I enjoy doing 10,000 things sometimes at the same time. Projects to do at once. I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to who should network. I think the first broadest category is obviously professionals. So people who are attorneys or dentists, things with like professional credentialing, mostly because that's how you get to know what's going on in your industry. Who's in it? What are the latest and greatest updates and regulations? I think it's pretty funny when you join a networking group that sometimes you don't see a lot of those professional categories being filled. It's very rare to walk into a networking group and find an attorney. (laughs) They just tend to not network and sometimes not even with other attorneys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. And I think it's true in a lot of different fields. There are a lot of professionals who could benefit greatly from networking and just don't do it because they're in a job where 
the business comes to them. They feel like they don't need to have a lot of connections. And that may be true for what they're doing at the time. But when the time comes for them to shift in their careers or try to advance or move on to something else, or if it turns out that business was not going that well for their employer, they may really need to to rely on a network. So it pays to put that time in and build your connections, even if you don't feel like you have to do it right now. Sure. It has to be a part of your toolkit always. And we talk about social media and I know I can vouch for having a severe love-hate relationship with social media, but we can't just bury our head in the sands and just be like, it's not there. No, it's there. (laughs) And you have to be able to utilize the tool and utilize it the way that's going to benefit you and build relationships because you're right. You never know when your next opportunity is coming. Well, I agree with that. I think the other small, the big part of it is anyone who's a small business owner. Small business owners are just constantly needing to bring in new business. If you're not growing, then (laughs) you're not making it. You're in a hobby, right? You're in Mm -hmm. a hobby. I think the good thing about, uh, well, small businesses, if you are in it to build relationships, as we talk about building relationships is key in networking. But if you are in it with this, I have to reach my quota, I have to get that dollar, like people smell that miles and miles away and it can really hurt your reputation. It really, it really starts to, people are like, ah, yeah, we're done. I don't really know. I don't really need to carry that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I just heard that. I just heard that. Someone just wrote about that the other day. I'm like, I love that. I love that. I love how you said that. Commission breath. That's a problem. You know, I think that gets to a bigger issue in networking. And it's a a thing we actually have on our little note sheet to talk about today. And that is uh, among the things not to do, selling your business directly to your networking contacts, especially when you first meet them, uh, really (laughs) defeats the purpose of networking. It is not a sales meeting. The process is relationship building and reputation establishment. Uh, It's a much more abstracted, long-term conceptual process rather than a direct sales approach. And people who come into a networking organization or who use their contacts and just try to push a product on them or a service immediately, it gets doors closed in your face real fast and it can sour relationships. Uh, Even if they've started off well, if you try to do a hard sell to somebody who you're in a networking relationship with, usually that's going to go poorly. Sometimes you get the low-hanging fruit pretty easily. Yeah. You get a lot of great sales that sure. definitely hurt your, you in the long run. Yeah. Oh, sure. I can tell you some funny stories of just being in the grocery, with the grocery food aisle and like buying rice. <laughs> My daughter's with me and people jumping out at me, like in, just in the aisle that are like, you should sign up. You look like you'd be a great person to sell financial planning. And I'm like, on a couple of different occasions where I feel like I'm being stalked in stores or grocery stores. And I'm like, people, look, I am just here to buy my groceries and get out. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't even ask me what I want or if I already have a business that I love or if I'm super successful already doing what I do. Like, don't make that assumption. You Like that was just, it's so uncalled for and it's freaky. It's scary. <laughs> well, and, you know, usually it's misguided from the start because mm-hmm. when you try to do that kind of a fast, direct sell to someone who's a networking contact, it, it will become apparent almost immediately that you really don't understand what that person's needs and position really are. 
And that's just, mask. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a record scratch moment where suddenly what seemed like a genuine nascent business relationship just comes crashing down because the person you're talking to realizes right then that you don't have a damn clue what they're about or what their situation is. <laughs> You know, right. tried, to, tried to sell me in various networking groups on doing their MLM as a side business. I mean, sure, they may be doing all right with their MLM. Some of these were pretty high performing mm -hmm. people in those organizations, and that can be a, a very good way for them to make money. But if they knew anything about what I do day to day and what my business is and what my professional life is like, they never would have asked because it's obvious that that's not a fit. I simply can't do that. It doesn't fit with who I am or what my lifestyle is. There's a lot of other business that we could have done together. There are a lot of other things we both could have gained from those relationships. But when it just becomes a sales meeting and you're just pushing something like that on somebody, it does not work. You've, you've got to build these relationships over the long run. Yes. And I can I just say too, even if people come to me, I, so because I used to run different networking groups as well in the past, I was always referred to as Tisha's the little black, black book, but, you know, <laughs> like the, the black book of contacts. And I just <laughs> cringe because I'm like, is that, is that really what you see me as? Like I built networks. Yes, I have a network of people, but I am not about to just turn over the Rolodex because that's what mm -hmm. I should do. And so just recently, I had a couple of people reach out to me and they're like, can you tag the friends that you think want to get into this business? And I'm like, are you nope. joking? <laughs> <laughs> I try to put it in context of that is not okay. That's not only making me feel uncomfortable, but I don't know their situation. I don't know if they're wanting to do another business, if they have everything figured out. So no. No, I will not. Like, I don't know if people take offense to that because they're like, well, you're not being very helpful. Well, no, I've offered to share the message and whoever bites on it, great. But to like tag people that I think this would benefit, that, that goes way too far for me. And I just want to put that out there. <laughs> don't ask me. I will tell you flat out, no, no. <laughs> Happy to help, but not like that. <laughs> I think the last category of people who need to network are, you know, independent contractors, 1099Cs, self-employed. Yeah. They tend to forget that that's how they get business. We see it frequently, I think, with like landscapers and, you know, pool cleaners that have their own small businesses that forget that you've got a network to continuously get business, even when you're busy. Because when you're busy, that's great. But if you're not still marketing, you're not going to stay busy. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, and I want to say too, so I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. And a gentleman that I am connected with said something so just profound that I want everybody to take away. He said, visibility is your currency. Visibility is your currency, especially right now. So if you're not visible and we can't find you and we don't see you, then how is that helping your business, right? So it's just like Mike was saying, you have to invest the time in order to get something out of it. If you're coming in with just this one-sided view of, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get some business and then I'm out and that's going to sustain me. Okay, well, we, we need to have a talk about that because <laughs> that's not really how it works. Send me a postcard. It'll be just as effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> networking exactly. We're not in this disappearing game. <laughs> networking is very different than a lot of other approaches to marketing. You look at like a pay-per-click ad campaign on the internet, 
that may take a couple weeks to a month or so to start getting real solid results. And in some industries, it could just be a matter of literally hours, hours to days <laughs> before you've got the leads you want out of that. But that's not how networking works. With, a, with an ad campaign, when your docket is full, in, in the case of a law firm, or when your crews are busy, in the case of a construction company, whatever it is that you do, when you've got enough work out of it, you can just turn that off. And then when you want to do it again, you can just turn it back on. That's really handy. And that's a good tool to have, but that is not how networking works. You (laughs) cannot transplant that ideology into a network approach to business acquisition. Because, man, if you get yourself busy from networking and you decide to cut off your networking because you're too busy, (laughs) made another year or more worth of work for yourself to catch back up to where you were when you decide to turn it back on again. You got to have right. a flow and you just got to keep those relationships up, even if you can't handle the work. In fact, one of the best things you can do in network marketing is turn down work because you're too busy. If your network knows right? that you're full and that most people can't just get an appointment with you and that you're scheduled real far out. They that, still refer. It builds your, <laughs> yeah. your credit and reputation tremendously. That's very helpful because then when you do have slots, you'll start getting that work coming in from those contacts. Yeah, right. So we keep talking about networking in a very general perspective. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of what I know. So first up, professional organizations are the first big chunk of networking. So like for attorneys, there's the Bar Association and a billion different committees you can join. The bankruptcy mm-hmm. bar, the consumer rights bar. Well, there's that doesn't exist association yet. for justice. Yeah. All of these and things. of course, yeah. there's hundreds of these groups and they're all aimed at attorneys getting to know other attorneys. The law mm-hmm. changes a lot. It's helpful to have a network. But, you know, other professional have the same kind of thing. CPAs yeah. do it. Financial advisors have it. Everybody sure. has their own types of professional organizations and people should join them. But non-people who aren't part of that industry should also join them. So financial advisors joining the uh, estate planning bar in the professional or personal injury bar would be great. You can do that as non-attorneys. Like you can go to their meetings, go to the CLE, find out what's up, see who's the big game in town. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are really great ways to get to know other industries. You know, I'm also a licensed realtor, so I'm in WeServe, but I help people with credit and consumer rights. So I want to know all the loan officers in that organization. So, you know, it makes sense to be part of a realtor organization and also an affiliate member as a law firm. Mm -hmm. So I get to know all the loan officers there. But Mike, you know, for you with networking, you kind of took a break for a few years because it didn't make sense. Yeah, and then actually... (laughs) Uh, Not something I'll belabor for too long because the point of this episode is to talk about where networking does make sense. But Mm -hmm. early on in the development of our firm, we were a general practice firm. We took mostly business clients and general civil litigation. And for that, networking was very useful. And I I did networking Mm -hmm. with a number of BNI groups. I ended up with uh, networking for change, made a lot of great friends there who I still have to this day, even though... I have not done that kind of networking for several years because it doesn't work in malpractice litigation, which is what we've been doing for a long time. <laughs> you can't really get referrals for that because of a variety right. of dynamics that, that don't matter too much here, but it's not a referral-based business. So I went with advertising and was successful with straight-up advertising approaches to business acquisition. 
But now I'm getting back into it because we've pivoted away from that and we're returning to a business law and uh, asset preservation and estate planning practice. So I'm going to be reconnecting with these things. And it's part of the reason I mentioned how long it takes to rebuild a professional <laughs> network. because I've got a lot of rebuilding Absolutely. to do. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it takes time. It's not overnight. <laughs> <laughs> And then our last group is the general networking organizations, right? Like those are your exclusive versus non-exclusive groups. Like BNI would be an exclusive group. It's one category per industry. So you can only have, you know, one realtor per group of non-exclusive, which are more like your Tempe Chambers of Commerce or any Chamber of Commerce uh, network together, groups that allow multiple categories of people. And then you have hybrids. So hybrid groups, like your groups, let's talk about <laughs> that and why they work. Because I think they cover all the pros and cons that you have of a exclusive and non-exclusive group, but some bonuses. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, so my group, it's a quarterly event. And right now it's postponed, of course, with COVID. So there's some workarounds around that too. Honestly, I was I built it out of pure and utter frustration. <laughs> because I... And I think that's why entrepreneurs start stuff because they're like, there's got to be a better way. And I remember in March, 2018, going to an event and I kid you not, it was, it was like my own personal twilight zone (laughs) where, you know, where you're just like, I have to get out. I have to get out of here. And I remember being talked badly about in front of me, like, oh, I had just released my books. I didn't share. I'm an author. I've written a couple of books that Karen's actually in as well. She's been a big part of my story. And I had my book. I was releasing my book. I had a table and I had a woman talk out about me. I had a gentleman who was in the gold business come up to me and say, I hear you're like the woman with all the money. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, this is just really weird. And he was like, can you invest in my business? I'm like, what? Oh, wow. Okay. So I spent a lot of that time. Luckily, I had a girlfriend with me and we were just like drinking wine in the corner. Like we weren't even networking because we're like, we just need to get out of here. And when we were leaving that event, a woman was walking in and she said, um, hey, are you leaving? Here, take some of my cards. And I'm like, why? And she's like, well, because you're leaving. You should just take some cards. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Sorry, my earbuds fell out. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't really get that. I don't really get that mentality that you don't know me. I don't know you. Yet you want me to just take your cards for no reason. And not only that, but it took us a while to get there. I remember it was raining and I was like, oh, I could have just stayed home in PJs. <laughs> you know? and, and I just said, you know, if I'm going to go to something, and I think I speak for a lot of people that if you're going to go to something and spend your time, value is important. Having the value, knowing that your time is spent wisely, especially with, um, with a lot of business owners who have kids you know, you're leaving your family behind to go put your energy and your tension here. And if you come away going, why? Then you know that that was not a right move for you, you know? And and I felt like that. And I said, I don't want to do this again. How can I change the dynamics? How can I challenge the status quo and create something that I actually want to go to? And, and I started uh, Social Connect Phoenix, which is a quarterly event. And it used to be a monthly event. So in the first year, I was <laughs> hustling, grinding every month. And I wanted to create an event where it wasn't just connections, but there was an inspirational part to it. Because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, I find that 
we want to be surrounded by peers who have been there, done that, and can keep us moving forward. It's very isolating when you're, especially if you're in a solopreneur role, you don't have employees, it's just you. And it's hard to just keep picking yourself back up. So it's so much more freeing when you can say, oh, Rochelle went through it. Oh, Mike went through it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know I can do this. Like it's very empowering to be in a room full of movers and shakers sharing some dang good positive vibes and their stories. So I started to do that. And in 2019 said, okay, this is a lot of work. Let's try and make this quarterly and got <laughs> Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it was a ton of work. Dave and Buster's in Tempe um, came on board as my official venue and sponsor, which awesome. was huge. So I was still able to offer the food, the drinks for 20 bucks, you know, and, and instead I added in another component, education, connections, and inspiration. So now you can learn something. I really am, am big into come to the event and take something away, take several mm-hmm. takeaways with you. Um, so there's an educational portion in the beginning. Then I'm like, Hey, take what you learned in that educational portion and use it in the connections portion to meet people. And then the last part is the success over struggle live panel, which is also the podcast, but in live format where I interview three entrepreneurs and their journey. And these are entrepreneurs very much like you said, Mike, like these are people that you don't see out networking because they're very busy running their businesses. For instance, like Catherine and Aya and Ryan Hill from Phoenix fashion week and Mike from state 48. These are busy, busy people. And I am just blessed that they're like, yeah, I'll sit there and I'll inspire the world. And my, you know, with my story of failure, <laughs> so, I feel like it just creates such a, a better relationship and that human connection when we're not like, oh my gosh, that person is just awesome rock star. No, that person also went through stuff to get where they're at. And if I can just peel back the layers and tell you what they've gone through, I think you'll, you'll really appreciate that. I love that so, format. That's awesome. Yeah. So it is, it's an event. It's, it's an experience. It is not just come hang out on a bar with a glass of wine and eat carrot sticks in the corner. Like it is not that <laughs> it is, come, come. you know, Dave and Buster shout out to them. They do such an amazing job with putting on a major spread that by the end of the night, they're like, take it all home. Like it is like, whatever, <laughs> So you can go back through the line a couple times, but here's, here's what I love. Like as the event host, being able to stand back and watch the diversity in the room, people interacting, people sitting down and breaking bread together and just chatting as people, not as what do you do for business? Here's my card, ticket. In fact, business cards, I ban, I don't even allow them. I've seen people bring them and I'm like, I actually, I laugh because I have a sign. It's almost like my social connect rules of the, of the event. And my gal that runs the desk, when people come up, she's like, Tisha, I can smell from a mile away if they've got commission breath or if they've got their business cards shoved in their pockets. And so I have this sign that says, if you're coming to this event, there's no business cards, there's no pitching, there's no recruiting, there's no hitting on people, there's none of that. Instead, focus on making like one or two really great connections and take something of value away from this event. And so I love that she says, hey, check out these rules. Not if you agree. If not, then there's the door. Because if you are going to do this, you will be the outcast because everybody knows not to do those things here. And that's what I'm like. Yes, that's success. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is always yeah. a good time and a place to hand someone a business card, but never sure. like shove it in my face. Like yeah. that's a great way to end up in the trash at the end of the night. Cause I'm nice. So I will take your card, but I'm not going to call you. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I, 
I really, I think, I don't know if people just are like, oh my gosh, that girl doesn't have business cards here. Like I've even had people ask, is she looking? Is the girl looking? The girl that runs this, is she looking? Can I hand you a card? And I, I've had to say at these events, I'm like, look, people, you're all grown adults. You know when the right time, or maybe you don't, but you know when the right time and the right connection where it warrants a, hey, can I follow up with you? Can we exchange numbers? They really like who you are. And you will know when the right time is, but it is not, hey, I just met you. Here's my card. Take it. Call me and let's do business. Like, it's wrong. That's just the wrong way to think about it. So I don't way of thinking about networking. People expect a lot more these days and age. It's so much more work. Uh, The natural thing for me to want to do is immediately open a conversation with, I I think we should do business together. I I already know who you are and, and what you do, and this is how it'll fit in. And this is what I can offer. And this is what you can offer. Let's, uh, let's do that. But that isn't how most people actually want to be dealt with. And there are a handful of people out there like me. That approach works on me. And me. If it is well targeted. (laughs) You've got to know what's going on. You've got to have thought this through before the approach, uh, in which case I don't mind at all. A five-second pitch, immediate cold open. Uh, Let's make money together. Here's how we're going to do it. Absolutely. It has worked on me. And I wish that I could just do that with people. Mm -hmm. But the reality is networking is about the other people. It isn't about you. It is about working with other people's psychology and personalities and their wants and needs and their business situations so that you can integrate yourself and your business into what they do in a productive way. And if you can't, then maybe you made a new friend. There are plenty of people met through these networking groups who I have not done business with and Probably never will because I just can't figure out a a way for that to work. But they're great people and we hang out and we're friends now. So (laughs) go both ways. I have a story about that. So I did, I met a woman who was coming to my events and she, well, before she even came to my event, you know, when we met, it was very clear that she was in that old school way of networking. I only go if I get business. And I was like, oh, you're playing with fire. That's bad. That's a bad way of thinking. And she even said, she's like, the reason I don't go to your events is because I don't need more friends. I need business. And I was like, can I challenge you to come to the event? I'm going to teach you a little new way of networking. And at the very end, she was like the one hanging by like the step and repeat, taking all the photos, putting her hands around people. And I was like, you see, if you come in going, I just want the business, then people are going to be like, okay, all right. I don't even want to talk to you because it's so clear what you want from me. But if you come in going, I want to get to know you. In fact, when I do a lot of these networking talks, I say that the heart, the, the question that I don't even like to ask people is what do you do? Like as the first question, hi, Rochelle, what do you do? Yeah. I'm like, what do you do? I hate that question. You want to know why? Because so many people don't know what they do. They don't know how to say it succinctly <laughs> or they're in transition. <laughs> And you've just made them feel even less if they're like, I don't even know what to say to that. Or they just want to tell you their whole life story. And at that point, you're like, that's great. I'm back away. Like, it's just such an uncomfortable question to ask. Instead, Rochelle, what do you love to do on the weekend? What lights you up? When did you move to Arizona? Like, so we could strike up a conversation and just get to know each other as people. So even at Social Connect, I have people write down on their name tags. They always say, answer this question for me. And everyone's got the same question. 
a lot of introverts who don't know how to strike up a conversation can now go, hey, Tisha had us ask, like, what's your favorite 80s movie? Well, mine is Back to the Future. What about you? You know, so at least you can start checking in with them versus what do you do? What's your business? What do you sell? What, you know, all that garbage. <laughs> That'll come later. That comes up on the third day. Yeah. It's important. It's important. Exactly, Rochelle. It's important, but it is not the most important thing. The most important thing is to know who they are as a person, not as a business and as a title. Agreed. The people that I do business with tend to be my friends. Like, yeah, we may have met yeah. at a networking group eight or nine years ago, but you know, I got to know you, I got to know your business and it's like, heck yeah. Like will you do all of my insurance? Will you handle like all of bank with you? Like what, you know, that's how you get, you know, people do business with people they like people do business with their friends. Um, that's usually how that works. Now, not everybody can go out and be friends with everyone and, you know, just, you won't, there's only so many accounts you can have at one at multiple banks, right? Before you run out. Right. <laughs> Sometimes that's just not going to work. For successful networking, I think probably the most important thing you can do is do a one-to-one. A lot of people mm-hmm. never bother to schedule a meeting with anybody in a networking group. And it's yeah. like, well, how do you know who people are? Like you may see each other all the time, but until you've had like a 30 minute conversation, you haven't quite gotten past the, how was your weekend? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I agree with that so much. Yeah. A lot of networking organizations, it seems, try to emphasize getting the whole process done within their meeting structure. Yeah. You know, they've got a mm-hmm. meeting system. And it incorporates all of the parts you've got to do to network, but that doesn't actually work. Even in those groups, no. the relationships are merely initiated at the meeting and the real work gets done elsewhere. Uh, anybody who's doing real business with somebody in a relationship kind of a networking approach, they're meeting outside of a formal setting. Mm-hmm. And that's just mm-hmm. how it actually operates. It's so funny. I agree. I think it's it's very forced. And the thing is, too, like if you're in a networking group, like I share, I run this happy neighborhood project, you're going to jive with people. There are people that you're going to want to connect naturally to. And yeah, you should take the time to reach out and pr- try and grab that, what I call virtual latte. So I think when the, the thing <laughs> is, yeah, the virtual latte, everyone's like, we got virtual coffee. I'm like, I like latte. Like, I like think that's kind of fun. The thing is, I think what people get hung up on is when they go to a networking event, they're already investing so much time to go to the networking event. And then there's the follow through, which a lot of people don't do, you know, and I always say, I know what I'm capable of. I don't know what you're capable of until you reach out to me. But it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I know I will follow through, but I'd love to see if you'll follow through with me, if I'm that important for you to follow through with. And I get it. We're t- it's time. But at the same time, why go to a networking event if you're not going to take the steps after the post-production, right, <laughs> to follow through with people and meet them? And that's that's the biggest challenge. And that's why people don't see their businesses building because they're they're like they're running around doing all this networking with no result because they're not willing to put in the extra time. And so I think that the stigma of, well, I've had 50,000 coffee dates. I'm so caffeinated. Well, no, you can do something like Zoom. It's yeah. okay. You don't have to travel all around the country and the world to have coffee with someone. You can easily just do a 30-minute call and they'll respect that too because it's their time as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what, after, 
you know, now that everything's virtual and Zoom and all of the meeting rooms are so convenient. It's like, I am never meeting you for coffee. Like, <laughs> I don't have a drive time anymore. Like, I do not have time going anywhere compared to what I'm doing now. So, 30 minutes, that's what we got because I don't have that that's long. all. Yes. And you're not having to spend money on coffee and we're still on the same gas tank from weeks ago. Like it works out. Sixty days ago. I I haven't left my house. Crazy. 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 I also think the other thing that's really important is attendance. Like you've got to keep going to the groups that you sign up for. Um, If you forget to go, then no one remembers you. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's the same thing I say even in like building a personal brand, right? Like you can show up and you can expect your post to go viral, but that's probably not going to be the case. <laughs> so there's got to be a level of consistency. People build trust with people because you're consistent. And if they keep seeing you and they keep seeing your message and they keep seeing it, that's how the relationship starts to form. So a lot of the tips that I share, Mike and Rochelle, are really meant for online and offline. So how are you networking offline as well as online? Because a lot of those same principles apply, right? So it's it's not just, you know, like you see probably on LinkedIn, you'll get a lot of people that just send you a connection request with no message. And I always say this in my speeches. I'm like, how would you feel if I just sat and stood next to you and just stared at you? And I didn't say one word. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, creeper, creeper. <laughs> I'm like, you haven't said the most basic thing. And that is, hi. <laughs> like, start with that. So, I have several connection requests on LinkedIn, but the people that get to the top of my list are people who actually said, hi, Tish, I read your profile. I love what it says, or I just saw your post. I'd really like to meet you or connect with you. Awesome. You're in. Yeah. (laughs) The other people, and maybe months before I get to you. Absolutely. I like that approach. I like the point you make about (laughs) the approaches to online networking being pretty much the same as in-person networking. Say hi. (laughs) Yeah, I think it gets back to the point that networking is about working with other people's psychology. It isn't so much about the format. It's not where you meet them, what you're doing, uh, how your meeting is structured. What matters is how you manage that interpersonal relationship so that you make another person feel good about who you are and what you do. That's mm-hmm. the point. It's that is it. Pretty. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and as I said, like, if you are doing things consistently, so I do this convo in my Camry every single week, like Thursdays and Fridays, I release this just little car talk in my Camry. And I have been doing it for so long that people recognize me. Like, I'll be out in an event. They're like, you're that combo in your Camry girl, aren't you? I'm like, yep, that's me. (laughs) It's done really well. But I always say that a lot of times, if you look at the views, there's so many more views than there are likes and comments. So always remember that there are a lot of people that are watching your stuff, or but they're maybe not in in the time to comment or like it. But if they keep seeing you, eventually they're going to reach out to you. And that's been, I can just be a testimony to that for, for just several people that I've met where they kept watching, they kept watching. And then they were like, I'm going to meet this girl. I'm going to actually go a little further and connect with her and actually say something, you know, but I encourage you, like one of the best tips I can share 
is that on your social media, especially like on LinkedIn, you're getting a lot of second and third connections that are looking at your stuff and even taking the time to comment. So a great rule of thumb is to now go through and start connecting with those people and thanking them for the comment and the time they spent on your post. Because, hey, it's reciprocal. It's, I really, really appreciate that. I would love to connect with you and start the conversation. Then it makes it a lot easier to get to that one-on-one virtual latte that we talked about to start building the relationship. Absolutely. Very good advice. Solid. Yeah. People miss it though. Yeah, they do. (laughs) The other part about, you know, if you've been in a networking group for, you know, longer than three or four months and you haven't gotten any referrals, you got to ask, have you given any referrals? (laughs) (laughs) You got to remember that this is a, a give and take relationship and, you know, sometimes referrals are a one-way street, right? Like if you give a referral to your real estate agent, they may never, ever be able to give you a referral simply because there's no good opportunity for that. Now, obviously, if you're in construction or, you know, home design or something, you guys are going to have a great relationship. But for a right. lot of people, when you've been in a group, if you've never given a referral to anyone in the group, <laughs> it's like... uh Go ahead and scan your network. People need other services. It's okay to uh, refer other people. And even as attorneys, I mean, Mike and I have a lot of ethical obligations and how we do referrals, but it's not that hard. (laughs) Yeah, there are plenty of ways to pass business to people in a lot of different fields. And it doesn't necessarily have to be part of your main line of work. Mm -mm. And frequently, it is not. In the networking groups that I've been involved in, frequently, I've been unable to give someone a direct referral because I don't need it or for one reason or another, I can't make that referral to a client, but know somebody who Mm -hmm. might need some of their services completely outside of my business or uh, Mm -hmm. somebody else is asking for another friend and it ends up being a third or fourth party referral, (laughs) but either way, you're business to them and that's what counts. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that. And that, you know, and you're right. You can't expect that everybody is going to have a direct referral for you. Mm -hmm. But I say there's a lot of opportunities that come, you know, that may then become more business for you. Yes. So I am a big fan of The Go-Giver. I don't know if you two have read the book, The Mm Go-Giver. Have you ever read it? No. No, it's so good. It's it's just, it spoke to me so much and it's a very short read. I encourage everybody to read it, but it really talks about being your authentic self And when we talk about networking, it's not about reaching the quota. It's about putting people first. And there's this really great quote in there that says, this says something to the extent of your goal is not to, maybe that person that you're working with is not going to do business with you, but because they like you, they respect you and want to see you succeed. And you also want to see them succeed. They become your walking, talking ambassadors. They're constantly lifting you up. And I see that so many times over. And I, I mean, I love to be able to give opportunities to people and maybe it doesn't, it's not a paid thing, or maybe it's an opportunity to gain some exposure, like a speaking gig, but you have no idea what that's going to lead to. So I always say like plant the seed and see where that leads. Right. So I, um, no, that book is just, I would pass that out. (laughs) I I, I share so many quotes, especially around the networking because people have the wrong mentality. They have they have the wrong idea about how to make it work for them. And then they give up and they're like, it didn't work. I'm like, it's because you made it about you. That's yes. why. Networking I is about your network. 
like of yes. professionals and people that you know and like and can do potentially do business with. It's not about selling to them. That's the biggest thing. It's like, no, you want them to be your advocate, right? Like you want to be top of mind when they hear someone who needs something that you do. And the only reason way you're going to be top of mind is if they know who you are and what you do. I refer so many people to so many other people that maybe I haven't talked to in a while, but usually the people that get referred to the most are the people that I see all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to also add to that Rochelle that I've had, I've had a, um, a colleague of mine who he was very well connected, but because he didn't feel like he was getting anything from his connections, he decided to hold his connections hostage, which is another way that is, is very wrong. Like it's, I want to connect people. Why? Because when I see you doing business with that person, it makes me smile because I was the one that brought you two together. And I saw Mm -hmm. magic sparks happen. You know, that's what makes me happy. So when you get into this, I help people succeed or get connected, it doesn't matter if I got something out of that. I got the joy of knowing I connected two people, two really great people that needed to meet. And I was the person that was able to do that. Like, so this whole thing of, well, I don't get anything. I've connected them millions of times. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to say about that? But you holding your connections <laughs> hostage, I think that's a pretty stupid move. Because when you help somebody else, I think they'll come back to help you or, you know, support you in whatever you're doing. Absolutely. Wrong mentality. That is an excellent point, and it's very short-sighted for people to think otherwise. And I I think the way you mention it, the way you describe this as being a a giving process, and the focus is on connecting other people and helping them succeed in what they're doing, is critical for people to understand. But even if someone is, is only thinking about themselves and their own business, it's still in your best interest to continue to help out and connect those people who have never given you a referral and where you can't even see a possibility for them to do it because you never know what they may run into 10 years down the road, mm-hmm. five years down the yeah. road, who else yeah. they meet, what business opportunity, what life-changing business opportunity <laughs> or investment opportunity they may be able to bring your way, something that's totally outside their line of work and your line of work. But having friends who do things is important. (laughs) People who are movers and takers, people who get stuff done, who are doing any kind of business, who are making some kind of action out there, you want those people to know you and like you. Even if you don't see a way for it to benefit you today, you got a mover and shaker on your team. And that counts for a lot. Yes, this is a long term. This is a marathon. I don't know if we've established that, but it is not just a short term war. It's permanent. Yes. And fur. And fur. And so one of the problems about people who may not be getting business uh, doing networking, you got to know your business. You have to be able to articulate what it is that you do, what it is that you are selling and who your customers are. People say things uh, like anybody, everybody, somebody. That's, you might as well say nobody. You got to know what it is. Not actionable intelligence. No, not helpful. Anybody who has skin. Terrible commercial for a dermatologist. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you've got to be so crystal clear on that. And and here's the thing I'll say too, that when we go to these networking events, whether they're hybrids or industry specific or whatever, the whole get up and laundry list of everything you do, like, hi, I'm Tisha and I'm at XYZ, da, 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 and this is how you contact me. I don't, I stop listening at your Tisha. That's it. I don't need, I don't even know who you are. And so I here's my biggest don't advice. Remember what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Especially if you've had to sit through 50 other people who've said that in a 30 second time span, <laughs> you're like, I don't remember the first person and I still don't even remember the last person. So is it really, again, let's go back to it. Is it really an effective use of your time? Right? So I always say, if you're going to get into a networking event, and this goes back to what you're saying, Rochelle, about your message, talk to the people, like be so dang specific about the people that you want to work with. Like I remember I was at a chamber meeting years and years ago and I was running my marketing company and every single person, same, 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 right? And I was like, I'm going to try something a little different. Like I, I, I'm a little bold, ballsy like that. I'm like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to ask questions. When you ask a question, people are like, oh, oh yeah, that's me. Oh yeah. So my question was, are you having a hard time with this marketing thing? Do you feel like you're just throwing your dollars at the, the wall, hoping they stick? Like, you know, I, I'm asking those pain point questions, which is what marketing is. Like, let's get to the bottom of how you solve my problem, right? So if you can pinpoint it as if you're talking to just like one person in the room, what happens? That one person beelines it to talk to you after because they're like, you said something. And that's what I remembered the whole time when 50 other people were staring <laughs> their stuff. I just remembered I wanted to talk to you. Hey, that's law of attraction. <laughs> That's a very effective and really the only one of the only the top probably like the top three ways to get people to talk to you after a networking event is to have a really poignant commercial essentially uh, I love the asking the question part I do it pretty frequently it's very effective yeah. <laughs> you see people like wearing costumes or like Dolly the steamboat you know she's always in costume like that gets people like, oh, I wonder what they're about. I want they're they're interesting. They're an interesting character. Yes. I want to go meet that person. Yeah, yeah. it's it's so. I talk about that a lot. It's 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 personal branding. Yes. I hate to say sure. that it's not it's not your business. It's who you are and how you present yourself out there, and yeah. how you make people feel. Well, that dovetails perfectly with another point that we've got on our list, which is. Who should be doing the networking for your business? And the answer, I think we all agree, is you should be. You're the only person who can effectively network because it isn't your business's network. It's Mm -hmm. yours personally. We were talking about this before the show, and there are uh, so many reasons for it. You You can hire somebody, but honestly, if you're not willing to pay like six figures, you need to do it yourself. So if you don't have a hundred grand that you can pay someone to do sales for you, you're looking at doing it yourself. And the bottom line with that is that the people who have the skill set that is required to do this type of networking and to just cold open one-on-one with established business owners and professionals, those are people who have a refined skill set that is worth a lot of money. They're capable yeah. of making a lot of money doing a lot of different things. So you sure. have a lot of money to do it for you. And, yeah. and, to, <laughs> and, be and to be effective. And be effective at it. And in large part, as a small business owner startup, you can't afford that. Mm-mm. Nobody can afford that. It doesn't make sense to Mm-mm. pay someone 
enough money to get the quality of network uh, business development that is required. And if you do, it is their network. So even if you do oh. sales staff to do network marketing, it is not a substitute for doing your own networking. You need your own networking. In fact, if you're going to hire somebody to do that kind of marketing for you and you're going to do a good job of it, you're going to have to hire them through network marketing. You're going to have to meet that person through your network. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you said that. I have a friend that she was always the face of the company just because that was her, but she, she wasn't the owner of the company. And, and then the owner started to get a little bit I jealous envy, green envy going on of, well, you're getting all the opportunities. And she's like, but I'm the one always out there <laughs> on your behalf. Like it was the organization, but they're building relationships with me. Therefore they want to work with me. So yeah. when you step in, they don't know you. And that's mm-hmm. the big disconnect. So I highly encourage you. Yes. If you're going to take the time to build a business, you have to be the business. You have to be the face of the business. And I would say the same thing, honestly, Mike, on social media, because there's yeah. a lot of people who do great things on social media. Their messages are on point because they're speaking so authentically. How they how they write on social media is how they talk. And I'm the same way. Like you see me, I'm the same person publicly, professionally, and personally, same person. So there's been a lot of discussion of these people with these amazing followings and they get I mean, they post something and it's like a thousand comments an hour later, right? And they're like, I take the time, even though it takes me time to go through and actually comment back. And no, I don't want to hire someone to speak on my behalf. No, I don't want someone else to go in and just keep building my network. Because how crazy is that? If you meet that person and like, yeah, thanks so much for that comment. And you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And your VA is like, oh, that's so nice. Like, you know, and you're like, oh, crap. Like, I just dug myself into a deep hole because it's not me talking to you. But you think it is. Yeah, that is a perilous <laughs> situation. To fall into. <laughs> And the situation you mentioned with somebody hiring someone who ends up becoming the visible face of their small company, that is a perilous situation for both the business owner and that employee. Um, As an attorney and business consultant, my likely recommendation for somebody in that situation would be an equity deal. That person needs to have some ownership. Oh, yeah. That should have been established. But their primary compensation should be distributions. It should be equity. Um, and it may be painful to give up some of your company, but it's the only way that someone in that kind of a, a position can be appropriately incentivized and captured by your organization. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's the best approach, but if you're going to go that route, it's it probably, probably what needs, you're looking needs at. to be an equity arrangement. And if you're building that business and that person, you understand, I mean, they're, they're working on your behalf for that organization. You have the same goals. You have the same vision and mission, hopefully, you know, (laughs) (laughs) don't look at that person as a threat. Think of them as, you know, as a posititive to your organization. They're an ally. Exactly. Exactly. They're moving your business. You know, they can't be looking to build their network on your time so they can jump ship later. Uh, that they've got to be absolutely <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> got to be looking at enough deferred compensation through equity in your company or some kind of a profit sharing agreement that they want sure. to stay and that they want to be committed to what you're doing. 
Um, right. And I, I think, as we were mentioning earlier, for most small businesses, it doesn't it's pay to do that. It's, it's like not even a deal. It's not even an option. Yeah, it's part of your job <laughs> as the owner of the business, as the entrepreneur, to get out there and build your network yourself. That should be one of those those rules. Like when people say, like, what does it take to be a business owner? I'm like, well, you're going to have to get out and network. You're going to have time. to start meeting people. You're going to have to invest your time. Yeah. You know, that it's 24 <laughs> <laughs> truly <laughs> truly with some perks here and there but yeah your your yeah. time your time is is, is going to be put into the business and it may not always be the roa that you're looking for like right then and there but it's again it's that planting it's my my good friend joseph says it's planting nurturing and harvesting mm-hmm. and so many people miss that that nurture stage they miss it completely and that's where the money is that's where your growth comes in yep Absolutely. that's where exponential growth happens and it's a learning <laughs> process mm-hmm. i the the most valuable thing that I have gained through networking, aside from the personal friendship, has been knowledge and understanding of how other people's businesses work and what mm-hmm. it's like to be in their profession, what it's like to be in their line of work, what works, what doesn't, seeing people whose businesses fail, watching mm-hmm. them fail, it's painful. But that's part of, of networking and part of being with entrepreneurs. Many You will see many businesses fail around 95%. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. that is... Invaluable experience to watch it happen in real time, even though it's in some ways terrifying to watch somebody go down like that. The best learning experience you can get as a small business owner, and if you're hanging out with other people in the same boat, yep, the fear to get. Yes. And the success. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I so I just quick story, success over struggle. It it really is like send me the SOS. Like that's my version of SOS. Yeah. <laughs> so I need the life jacket. I need the lifesaver. <laughs> I need it all. I'm like drowning. And your network is really the people that are gonna help you. They're gonna be mm-hmm. the ones because why? Because they understand everything that you're going through because they too are in it themselves, or maybe they're further ahead than you, but they've gone through it too. Oh, yeah. So keep that in mind that sometimes you're heavy, not going to get it. Well, Mike, you get it for Rochelle, but, <laughs> but I'm saying like my hubby, in that respect. Yeah. Well, like, but my husband works, he works for the city. Like he doesn't know any different than yeah. punch in, punch out. Like he's, he's like on the retirement plan, right? Like he's like, I'm, I'm just buying my time and getting out. I'm like, you don't understand all that goes on behind the scenes. That I find myself in the constant conferences with myself, talking to myself, but you don't get it. You don't get it. It's, it's a lot. So you need to surround yourself with a network of people who get you, all of you, you know, and they're not judging you. They understand you and they're there to help you. Oh yeah. Judgment free zone. (laughs) (laughs) I think the last part about networking that really kind of focus on is ROI, the return on your investment. A lot of people can go to you can do networking full-time. Phoenix is an awesome place to network. There are so many groups every day of the week, every hour of the day, morning, noon, and night. You got to calculate whether or not it's worth it. You know, like, yes, relationships are important, but you can't afford to go to coffee every week with your friends if you're not getting everything, anything out of it. You know, you have to calculate your time 
your time has an actual cost associated with it. Uh, you can't value it at zero. Like you have to in the beginning, but eventually it does matter. <laughs> you have to stop yes. and think you're networking all the time. You know, wait, is this actually, is this group worth it? Like, am I actually getting something yeah. out of it? And you have to take into account the benefits that aren't monetary as well. You know, like sure. maybe it's good for your reputation. Maybe it's good marketing, whatever. And maybe you don't get actual referrals from it, but it benefits you in some other way. But sometimes it's yeah. just a simple, I've never gotten a referral. I have no one in this group I can refer to. Maybe this isn't a good fit. <laughs> it's okay yeah. to do that analysis. Yeah. Okay? You have to. <laughs> And it's always oh, yeah. going to be somewhat nebulous, I think. Yeah. Um, a number of groups like BNI try to have a, a rigid system of metrics so that people can prove to themselves, I think, is, is the main point. They can prove sure. to themselves that, that this, this is, is actually it. working. And that's fine if you need to prove to yourself in dollars and cents that it's working. But the reality is that in most more advanced and better approaches to networking, you're not going to be able to calculate an exact number. You're going, mm -hmm. to you're going to have to be loose about it. But you do need to do the analysis on an activity-by-activity -activity basis to determine whether it really seems to be worth your time. But you can't forget to incorporate into that all of those long-term, nebulous future benefits that we've been discussing throughout this of who you know mm -hmm. for how long, who you've done favors for over the course of your career, uh, and mm -hmm. whether that... Uh, single uh, janitorial services person or handyman might end up getting you a multi-million dollar deal. Never know. And you've got to think about all those things, but that doesn't mean you should keep pouring your time into things that that are very time consuming and burdensome if you're not getting some kind of result. Just stay friends with those people. Yes. <laughs> exactly. If you like people from the group, then there's nothing that says you can't keep connected and checking in and still doing lunch off, you know, offline or whatever, just to keep, because you have, you do develop some great friendships when you network, but you're right. Like maybe the group isn't for you, you know, or maybe you've moved on or maybe there's something else you, you can't, just keep spinning your wheels and your time. You don't have a lot of it. So if you belong to one or two groups, be consistent in those groups. Make an informed decision if that group, right, if, if that group is going to be a good fit for you. But, you know, but yeah, I I meet, I meet those people, the serial networkers where I'm like, oh, it's you again. I see you at every single event I go to. But yet they don't feel like their business is moving. Well, I'm going to also say that you're probably not taking the time to, what's that important thing, nurture the relationship. Follow-up is so key and people just fail to do it. I hate to say that. I feel like a broken record, but if you don't do the follow-up, it's not going to happen for you. Like it's, it's, you're spinning your wheels and you're wasting your time. Right. Doing the beginning part over and over, <laughs> and over again. You're like, you're like stuck in Groundhog Day. Like, you need to move. You, you keep staying high. You haven't got past time. Never water. That's what's happening. I know. I know. I know. I hate it. I feel like, oh my gosh, I just want to sit people in a room and go, here it is. This is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. Actually, I already do that. I do some networking talks. So, yeah, it's, is there a science to it? Yes. You know, there's steps that you need to have. You need to be doing some things consistently and so forth. And yeah, I, I love networking. Like I build my business on it. So it's, it works. 
It's important. So Tisha, thank you for being on the show. Please tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Of course, of course. So you mentioned you can go to my website at Tisha Marie. I have a couple. TishaMarie.com is probably the easiest, just my first name and middle name. And also I do virtual lattes as well. So if people are interested in connecting with me, they can schedule a virtual latte with me. And it's just the bit.ly slash virtual latte with Tisha. So that link will lead you right to my calendar. I have several fun things. I actually, when people go to my website, I have the Gals Inspirational Guide to a More Purposeful Life. And it's a collection of closing thoughts. It's an ebook that I wrote uh, several years ago that I just revamped. And that's, that's just fun. It's quotes for business owners and just individuals in general on leading a good life. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I love yeah. it. Uh, really a fun cool. conversation. Networking. Yeah, thank you. So Networking. Networking. <laughs> we networked with Tisha while doing our podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've never met Mike before and I've only met Rochelle yeah. once. So yeah, yeah. we'll to learn a little bit more about each other. Um, if I can say one other thing, I do host the Happy Neighborhood Project and it's happening every Thursday at 11 a.m. I'm the lead for it. And it's virtual networking and you get to meet more people from Phoenix, but also across the country. And it's a, it's actually a national group. They have, they have 13 groups every, every week that are meeting. So if you're looking for networking opportunities right now to meet people in a zoom setting with breakout rooms, then that's a great opportunity to strike up a conversation, meet some new people while we're in COVID right now. Seriously. Well, that's a really good resource. And thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate oh, it. This of was course. very useful for us and for our audience. Um, Good. So go ahead and, uh, close yeah. us out. So uh, I'm Rochelle Poulton with XFIRM. We help people with financial crisis. We do financial consulting, credit repair, debt settlement, and bankruptcy. And you can reach us at 480-305-0603. And I'm Mike Poulton with the law firm Poulton & Royan. We help uh, small businesses start themselves and keep themselves afloat. I also provide business consulting through Bolton Consulting Services, and you can find us online at pnlaw.pro. That's P like Paul, N like Nancy, L-A-W dot P-R-O. So thanks, you guys, and join us next time. We will be covering how to succeed in network for multi-level marketing yeah. with Kenyatta Turner and Legal Shield. Making MLMs work for you. Right? If you're going to do them, you might as well know how to do them right. Do right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Phoenix. And we'll talk to you next time. Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.